Bibles to 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy, the third chapter, appreciate just everything God is doing. And it is our desire, things we do in this church, how we do them, they're on purpose. Praise the Lord. We want to keep it real. Amen. Don't want it to be a starchy routine that is empty of any kind of life, any kind of power, any kind of spirit. Hallelujah. But also we want God to be pleased with what's going on here. So it's not going to be, the Bible calls it carnal. It's not about us and what we want. It's about him. It's about his truth. It's about his holiness. Amen. It's about what God loves. Amen. So we appreciate my brother, everyone just loving God and and uh, appreciate your prayers. We are turning to 1 Timothy 3.16. Before this is over, Lord willing, we're going to have some Bible teaching. Going to have some gospel preaching. I'm going to have a challenge for us to to reach for. Amen. All that. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence here today, Lord. Thank you for, Lord, what we've already heard, what we've already felt, God. Thank you, Lord, for the power that is in, Lord, your presence. And we ask you, Lord, through your word to teach us and to lead us and to work in us and ultimately, Lord, that we would leave this house be doers of your word and, Lord, you'd work through us. God, help me, I pray. Just anoint me, Lord, to deliver your heart. It's how you laid it on my heart, God, and just give us all in here to hear what your spirit would say. We love you. We praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. First Timothy three, verse 16 says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, somebody say God, God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. God was justified in the spirit. God was seen of angels. Amen. Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up into glory. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to talk about this phrase in the word of God for a little bit this morning, that God was manifest in the flesh. That word manifest means to be, to, to make visible, to make known what has been hidden or unknown. God throughout the old Testament, throughout his workings, his dealings with mankind, there was so much mystery Behind who he was, many names, many titles were really given to him. El Shaddai or El Elyon or, or uh, many have used Jehovah or Yahweh and, and all the different ways that he was manifested in the Old Testament. But the Bible tells us when there was a baby born in Bethlehem, his name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Hallelujah, Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Amen. Read it there in Isaiah 9, 6. Who is this? It's Jesus. Amen. When we go there to the book of Matthew and and open up this New Testament and we see this amazing birth, this miraculous birth of the Virgin Mary and that child, the Bible says you shall call his name Jesus. Amen. And they fulfilled the scriptures of the uh, of the book of Isaiah again, said he shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God makes himself known, reveals himself in flesh. 
incarnate in flesh, hallelujah, manifested in the flesh that he would come forth to his creation, humble himself into the form of humanity. What a step down for almighty God. Amen. That God would fill and robe himself with a body, not only to show us his love, his mercy, his nature, but to take that body, to take that life and to die in our place. I want to talk about this exciting mystery, this exciting knowledge of who Jesus is. If you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, a very important scripture is given to us in Deuteronomy. Something that I'm not, I don't know how many of you are familiar with. But we want to look at this scripture in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Extremely important to the Jews of this day and uh, that uh, it was written to and throughout history and even to this day that we're living in today. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. With all thy soul and with all thy might, God speaks through his prophet Moses and gives them this this word that says, Here, listen, Shema, Israel, listen, the Lord your God is one Lord. Amen. When Jesus was confronted and the religious leaders of that day were trying to corner him, We've told you so many times how it was a setup. They were tempting you. What's the greatest commandment? What's the most important part of the law? See, if he would have said that it's kind of like politics today. If he would have said, well, you know, I definitely think you you, you shouldn't. Uh, it's really important that you don't kill anybody. Thou shalt not kill. And they would have turned around right away and said, see, he doesn't think it's such a big problem to commit adultery. See, we got him. He, he doesn't think it's such a big problem to, 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 to dishonor your mother and father. But he turned around and said, here is the first and greatest commandment and quotes Deuteronomy 6, 4. Right. says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you'll love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might or your strength. And he goes on and he says, you shall love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. These are... Really the cornerstone, what everything else is built upon. This first and greatest commandment is called, uh, the, the Jews use this as a prayer called the Shema. The Shema is regarded by many Jews as the most important prayer in Judaism because it reminds them of the key principle of the faith that there is only one God, this monotheistic principle. Many Jews say the Shema three times a day, in the morning, in the evening, and before they go to sleep. In many Jewish homes, the first two lines of the Shema are written on a scroll and placed inside a little box called a mezuzah. I have one back in my office that I got in uh, the the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., a small box that is put on the doorways of Jewish people. When they walk through the doorway, they'll touch that box, and it is, in effect, honoring the understanding that, hey, I am serving one Lord, and I must keep his commandments, love him with all my heart, soul, and might. Amen. 
amen, by touching the mezuzah, every time they enter into their home, the Jews show their faith and love to God. The Bible is based on that principle of loving that one God. They came out of a a heathen pagan society that had many gods. And when God called Abraham to come out of that land and go into a land that I would show you, he was following that one true God. It's interesting that when we look at Deuteronomy 6.4, we see something especially that we see in the King James Bible over and over again. We see that word Lord, Hero Israel, the Lord in all capital letters. That does much more than just signify something very important. But it was used every time the Old Testament gave in the original language a four-letter word. And this four-letter word, Y-V-H-V, uh, or V-V-H, Y-H-V-H, um, the significant thing about that word is it has no vowels. So how do you pronounce a word that has no vowels? Well, Many over the days, you hear we've mentioned earlier the, the term Yahweh, but really that's not what that four consonant, four letter word says. It can't, can't pronounce it. Later on, rabbis came up with an idea, not through the Bible, not because God told them to do it. They wanted to be able to pronounce this word that was impronounceable, so they took words that meant Almighty God or words that meant Lord Adonai and Elohim and took the A from Adonai and slipped it in there, Yah, and took the E from Elohim and put it in the end way and said, we're going to, we're going to say that's Yahweh. And, but really nowhere in the Bible does it say, here's how I want you to pronounce that. And here's how you can just pick, pick vowels, whatever you think is best. Well, we'll leave that up to you. It's only my, what I told you to call me, but it was a mystery right. like we see in First Timothy, great is the mystery of God. God was enshrouded in so much of this. And Jehovah was a kind of a derivation of this word Yahweh when J's were introduced later on into language that weren't there in that day. But if we look to Exodus, the third chapter, we really get an idea of the nature of God that is slowly being revealed through the Old Testament. We see a burning bush that Moses comes upon. Is that God? Well, God is manifesting himself. God's making himself known, but he's not a bush that burns. Moses comes to him. You understand that the Lord reveals himself to Moses and tells him, I want you to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And he said, who am I going to say sent me? Pharaoh has all these gods and all these false uh, idols. And who am I going to say is the God that sent me? What's your name? Moses said unto God, behold, when I come in verse 13 of Exodus 3, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they say unto me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? God gives him. A description of his nature, kind of almost, well, it's just like God. You know, God just sets it forth and said, I am that I am. 
You can look at the gods of the Egyptians. That's a cow that they made out of gold that they dug out of the earth and, and melted in the fire. That's a, a scarab beetle that they use. That's a, that's a falcon and, and that's a, 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 a jackal. But I am. I just exist. I am what I am. I'm who I am. I got no, you don't need, I don't need anybody else. I am. I exist. Not not I was or I will be. I am. I am that I am. He said, thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. That's really the essence of, of how God was revealing himself. It, It is very impersonal in a way. Remember, he, he's reaching for, for humanity, but there's a problem. There's a gulf. There's sin. Yeah. Yeah. Say, well, wait a minute. You know, impersonal. He dwelled in the middle of their camp behind a curtain in the thick darkness of the Holy of Holies. His glory dwelt. Only one man once a year on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, could that high priest go back there with blood. It was separated by the holy place of the tabernacle, the outer court, with another uh, row of curtains around that. And even a space between those curtains and the first homes that, that could not come into the presence of God because of sin. Amen. But can I tell you, when God draws nigh, Zechariah said it this way. That in that day that I reveal myself, I'm not going to be the, the unpronounceable four consonant word. I'm not going to be El Shaddai, El uh, Adonai, Elohim, El Elyon. My name will be one. All right. Look what it says in John, the eighth chapter. John 8. I want to show you some things about God. Being manifested in the flesh. Jesus now in John 8 is talking to the religious leaders. Look what it says. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and it was glad. See, they're persecuting Jesus. They're coming against him. They're trying to trap him in his words. They're trying to look for a way that they can... Get this over with and say he's a blasphemer. He's a rebel. We're going to crucify him. It wasn't his time yet. But they start talking about Abraham being their father and their religious pedigrees. And Jesus said, Abraham saw my day coming. He was excited about when I, you guys want to, want to destroy me. But Abraham, the one you say you honor, he was looking forward to the day that I was going to come. And you look in the prophecies of what God told Abraham. The Jews said unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? They're kind of chuckling and, you know, elbowing each other in the ribs. This guy's talking about Abraham like he knows Abraham personally. What a joke. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. God manifested in the flesh. Then they took up stones to cast him. As soon as they said that, they start taking up stones. Why? Because here's a man making himself to be God. They had no idea that the very God of creation was manifesting himself in, a, in the flesh. 
They went out of the temple and gone through the midst of them and so passed by. He just walks through the midst of them. They're getting ready to stone him. It wasn't his time. He just goes through. There's another time when they catch him in the garden ready to deliver him to be crucified. Do you remember the story? They said, are you the one we're looking for? Are you you the Christ? Are you Jesus of Nazareth? He says, I am. And they all fall on their backs hearing that word, hearing the power that is in the proclamation that was given to Abraham. I am. Tell them the I am has sent you. Here's the I am coming in flesh, manifesting himself. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. I want to show you some scriptures. Maybe, sadly, I think a lot of people aren't familiar with them, but Isaiah 40 talks about not only the prophecy, and Isaiah is just full of prophecies. We already quoted uh, about how it says uh, he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's from Isaiah. Years and years before Jesus was ever born, God was already saying, hey, again, uh, Isaiah 9, verse 6, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Amen. That one God, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Isaiah 40 talks about how before the Messiah would come, before the Savior would come, there would be a prophet that would come before him. A prophet that would go to Israel and say, let's get ready, he's coming. Look to the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hey, let's get our hearts ready. Let's get our our hearts prepared for for the, the Savior that's coming. And Isaiah 40 talks about the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Anybody understand? That's John he's talking about. Yes, sir. There's going to be a voice crying in the wilderness. You're going to see through the Bible that when God wants to work, he circumvents the whole religious society and just gets right down to the hearts and lives of common people. God doesn't need the cathedrals. Hello? God doesn't need all the, the pageantry of priests and, and, uh, and incense burning. Not in, not, not in this day that we're living in. And the Bible says this one prophet would come just in the wilderness. What does he say? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now I want you to look at that because he's using that same word that is used hundreds of times in the Old Testament referring to the one true almighty God. Amen. Capital L-O-R-D. The I am. The one that, if you're going to add those vows, Jehovah, Yahweh, Almighty God, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. The rough places plain. Isaiah, obviously, Almighty God talking through Isaiah. He's just the mouthpiece. He's just the secretary. Is prophesying of the Messiah coming, prophesying of the Savior. But there would be a forerunner. There would be a prophet that would come and point the way and say, hey, everybody, he's almost here. Let's get our hearts ready. Let's get repentant. That's what John came. Repent. The kingdom of heaven's at hand. Matthew 3. Verse 1, give you some time there. Matthew 3, verse 1, we know already know how this is fulfilled. But think about this. God 
prophesies in the Old Testament that God will be manifested in the flesh. That that one almighty God that you serve, that you love, that you should love with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Look what it says. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of almighty God. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. God's prophets prophesied of a day when God would be revealed in humanity. God manifested in the flesh. We know Psalm 23. You want to turn to it? You can go ahead, but I'm sure you could probably quote the verse, chapter 1. But maybe there's something you never recognized in it. Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It means when God's taking care of you, God's your shepherd. Right. These testimonies that we heard about how God just blesses you, blesses you and blesses you. Amen. Everything that that I'm not going without. I'm just you can survive. You know what, people? Let's be honest. There's people out in the world and they 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 don't know God. They're getting by. And there's even pleasure in sin for a season. But there's a payday. We're not saying there's not pleasure in sin. We're not saying you can't survive in life and get through things and and live and and, and just learn how to deal with a life that's so much less than what you're capable of. I mean, if that that is your choice and no one can make you. But understand, the devil has stolen from you. Sin has stolen from you. But when the Lord is your shepherd, you have everything you need. When the Lord is your shepherd, he blesses you. I shall not want. I shall not be in want. But the one thing we don't realize sometimes is, is how important it is when we look at that word, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. Oh, sure. Of course we're talking about God. Of course we're talking about the almighty I am that I am. Of course we're talking about the creator and the, the sustainer. and the. But when you get to John, the 10th chapter, and Jesus starts talking about the good shepherd. You don't think for one minute that all those religious Jews around him didn't know Psalm 23 as good or better than every one of us. Jesus says in John, the 10th chapter, I am. Amen. I am the good shepherd. Wait a minute. There's only one good shepherd. And that's God. I am the good shepherd. God manifested in the flesh and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. No greater love has a man to give had that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Back to Isaiah. Still in our Bible lesson a little bit. I think we have two more points. I want to want to show you Isaiah 44. And we have extensive studies that we have done just we could these few examples that we have of God of the Old Testament being revealed in Jesus in the New Testament. We could go all day. Isaiah 44 verse six. Thus saith the Lord. There it is again. King of Israel and the his redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first 
and I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. There's just one God. He's the first and he's the last. Amen. Revelation, Jesus. I, I, I hear people very often talk about the book of Revelations. It's, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you get off the idea that that book is about Jesus Christ, you will be deceived. That book is about revealing him. Amen. That's what it's about. You say, well, what about the Antichrist? You better get your eyes on Jesus Christ. Oh, what about the, the, the mark? Well, hey, what about God's mark that he is going to put on your heart? Amen. Oh, that's going to be our focus. He'll reveal. He'll make known. But get the focus is the revelation of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 1 verse 8, Jesus is speaking to John. I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the A through the Z. If there's something to be said, you can't go outside of the, any other letter to put together a word. And Jesus is the word made flesh. The very thought, the very plan, the very intent of Almighty God manifested, spoken forth and revealed. The image, the Bible says, of the invisible God. The manifestation of Almighty God. Isaiah 44, we read it, says, I am the first, the Lord of hosts, capital L-O-R-D. I am the first and the last. Jesus comes forth, says, I'm the Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending. Wait a minute, Jesus, I thought you were the second person. How dare you? (laughs) He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the ending. The Lord, which is, listen, which was and which is to come. The Almighty. Drop down to verse 11. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. We've got one first and one last. Hallelujah. Drop down to verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead and laid his right hand upon me and saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. I'll tell you who the first and last is, Almighty God. But listen, listen, listen. Almighty God was manifested in the flesh. That here, O Israel, the Lord, the I am that one God was manif- made known, revealed in flesh. I saw him, I lay at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Listen, say, wait a minute, are you sure this is Jesus? I am he that liveth and was dead. That's Jesus. <laughs> and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Have the keys of hell and death. One more scripture. Zechariah 14. One more scripture in, in this teaching portion of the message. Zechariah 14. That's easy to find. It's probably what you're reading right now. <laughs> Zechariah. A lot of prophetic in Zechariah. 14. Then, verse 3. Then shall the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, that one God, that almighty God, that I am, that I am. The Lord shall go forth, fight against those nations. Anybody already thinking about Revelation 19? Jesus coming back on that white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth, vesture dipped in blood. Listen to what it says. When he fought in the day of battle and his feet, whose feet? The Lord is going to go forth, fight against those nations, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. Whoo, hallelujah. 
which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof, toward the east, toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, half of it toward the south. The Lord's going to come forth, fight that last battle, set his feet upon the Mount of Olives, and that mountain is going to split and make a valley down the middle of it. And Acts, the first chapter, when Jesus rises from the dead, comes to his disciples and is getting ready to ascend into heaven. They go to the Mount of Olives and he is telling them, go to the city of Jerusalem. Go and tarry and wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. The Bible says he, while he is still speaking to him, them in Acts, the first chapter, verse nine, when he spoke these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, and as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. That same Jesus that Kate lifted off and ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives is prophesied, just like the angels told the disciples, will return the Lord God Almighty manifested in the flesh. God's manifested himself to this world. He's made himself known in flesh in Jesus Christ. That now we understand that I am that Elohim, that Adonai, they said there in the book of Acts, there's now one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus, God manifested in the flesh. But I want to talk a little bit more. I've got two more points that I want to make about being manifest in the flesh. First John 4 verse 9 tells us 1 John 4 verse 9 in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent forth his only begotten son in the world that we might live through him God born in flesh that flesh that body the son that was born that day housed almighty God. And he was manifest. He said, I will manifest my love to you. Let me tell you something more. So much, so important. God was manifest in the flesh in Jesus Christ, the flesh, the body that was born that day in Mary through Mary. God will reveal himself to you personally. God will manifest himself to you. I know there's a lot of questions in this world. I know there's a lot of times people ask me, what about people who don't know? What are people about people who have never heard? I believe that Almighty God loves this world so much that every chance he can, if I can say it that way, he tries to reveal himself to you personally. That's something, some kind of question when you go out at night and look up in the sky and say, It doesn't look like an explosion. It looks amazing. It doesn't look random and chaotic 
like something just blew up in a big bang. It looks like a creator has made something for me to see how amazing he is. When we see this world and the intricacies of everything that God put together, the Bible says his handiwork tries to reveal himself to people. I believe that through people, through his, more than anything, you know, there have been times, if I could just be very frank with you, very blunt and personally, you know, times where, where, where maybe the enemy tries to put doubt and fear into your mind. And can I tell you what I've seen so many times when maybe the sunrise and the moon and stars just, I still have my doubts. And then I see somebody in a world that I know is so full of selfishness, hatred, conflict. And I see somebody in a sea of hypocrites. There comes one person, that one, you know who I'm talking about, that one that just comes by and they see just so real. And it can be so annoying because you're looking for a reason to doubt. You're looking for a reason to run. But something happened in their life and you can't deny it. They have love and they have patience and they're kind. And there's something more than just somebody that was brought up right. Somebody that should have given up on me a long time ago. Somebody that, that has no reason to care about me. They're not going to get anything out of it but a headache. But I see a God trying to manifest himself to me. Amen. Or sometimes it's just... It's not out there. It's not in you, but it's it's in a still small voice that you can't shake. You can't run from times when you come to church and maybe you've tried to do everything you can to get out of it. But you promise somebody and then all of a sudden you feel something. And real tears come to your eye. A real trembling comes, something. I don't know what it is. I don't like what they're doing. Like, I don't understand what they're doing, but I feel something. It's God manifesting himself. See, God says, if I, I'll love him and I'll manifest myself to him. Romans 10 talks about another scripture from Isaiah. said, I was found of them that sought me not, and I was made manifest unto them that asked not of me. God will reveal himself. He can't make you. He won't try. But in his love, he'll show up. He'll show up when you look at creation. He'll show up in that still small voice in your heart saying, come on. I've been here. I've helped you. I've saved you. You should be dead by now. You, 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 you could be in hell today, but I, I was there. I was there. God knows how to manifest himself, make himself known. He made himself known to humanity through the flesh. He'll make himself known to you personally. And 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Now thanks be to God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Aren't you glad you're on the winning side? Maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God 
a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that are perished. Listen now, this is really the heart of what I feel like God laid on my heart. I want to show you very clearly how God makes himself known. He's prophesied about it. We could, again, spend all day looking at scriptures, Old Testament. God is going to manifest himself. God's going to make himself known. God is going to reveal himself. And I'm going to give you specifics on how it's going to happen. And there's Jesus fulfilling every single one of those prophecies. But ultimately, Jesus paid that price showed forth the glory of God, showed forth the, the power and the majesty and the love and the forgiveness, ascends into heaven. I told you, he told them to wait there in Jerusalem till that promise of the Holy Ghost is given. He said, I am with you, but I will be in you. Can I tell you today in just a few more moments that I'll take of your time that God is wanting to manifest himself in the flesh God's will is to fill you with his power and show forth not your abilities, but how great he is. He said, thou his love and how he causes us to triumph will be made manifest through you. That the world can see Jesus. Too often churches are trying to show people how cool they are and how awesome they are and how just how neat they are. But when you stop and say, God, shine through me. God, make yourself known through me. Let people that are lost see that you care. Let them see your love. Let them see your power. Let them see the the, the victory through me, through your people. Amen. That when I pray and, and, and that you'll answer, that when I when I reach, you'll your love will touch their hearts. Not something fake. Not something put on. But God manifests in the flesh now through the church. That his spirit dwells in his body. And that the world can see Jesus. Too much. Too much religion. Too much of, you know, Paul went to Athens. He said, I perceive that you're just too superstitious. That word superstitious really means religious in a lot of ways. And those words can be pretty interchangeable when you take the Bible out of religion. Just a bunch of ideas, superstitions, a lot of, a lot of different ways that we try to get our will to, to accomplish and stay out of trouble and not go to hell when it's all about. But when we love Jesus, I mean, really love him and draw close to him, he'll fill us and shine through us and show people how good he is through your life. People look at you and say, I want what you've got. You've got something I don't have. You've got some kind of strength. You've got some kind of hope. Oh, it's him. See, there's too many people, I've seen this in relationships, but I've also seen it in church. You know, God loves, oh, he's, he's full of love. Amen? I mean, he loves you. He loves uh, humanity, and, and it's awesome to be loved by God. And there's a lot of people that, that understand how loved they are, and they're excited about that. And you know what? They really, they're loved by God, and they really love being loved. <laughs> but that's as far as it goes. I love that God loves me. Do you love him? I love that he loves me. That's my favorite thing about him. He loves me so much. He cares about me. He takes care of me. He forgives me. Do you love him? Because if you love him, you want to learn more about him. You'll, you'll, you'll find out that he'll bless you and start working, shining through you. He'll manifest himself through you. 
See, this is the exciting thing. For me, at least, I know what it's like to to look in the mirror and say there's a lot of problems there that I'm not proud of. A lot of things, you know, it's people say, oh, you know what they think about you? Oh, if they only knew if they need a list of things not to like, they only they don't know half of it. But when God got a hold of my life, amen, when God started to make a change, brother Mike, uh, when he was testifying tonight, talked about God revealed himself to me. He showed me his truth. See, he'll manifest himself to you, but then he'll work in you to manifest himself through you. To love him is to to know that he's the answer and that, that his strength will be your strength now. His gifts will work through you that they'll see his, the fruit of the spirit is him working through you, manifesting himself through you. And that when you start saying, God, I want my family to see you in me, less of me and more of you. I want the people I work with to see more of you in me. Get me out of your way. Get me out of the way. Help me to just shine your light through my life. The will of God and the challenge I give you today is let God manifest himself through you. Let his strength, his fruit, his gifts shine through you. Ephesians talks about the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Talks about being more like him. Less of our weakness and more of his strength. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please, as musicians come? Sister Katie. God manifested in the flesh. God revealed. There's a lot of bad ideas of who he is. What a responsibility we have to show this world. How wonderful, how awesome he really is. It's not in our strength. It's not in our ability. It's the spirit of God in us. Shining through us, revealing his character, his nature through his people. Today, I want to talk to somebody who's feeling weak, somebody who's feeling the struggle. We talked about it a week or two ago. I want to remind you, it's not your strength. I wish I was better at being a witness. I wish I was better at shining that light. It's not in you. Well, it's not in your strength. It's in Him. Be filled with His Spirit. Be filled with His power. And let His His Spirit shine through you. Words that don't glorify God. Actions that don't bring Him glory. Ways that you just hide from what God's really trying to do through you. Come on. It's time to just know God's working in you. Let Him. Let Him shine through you. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. It's time to just shine. Let them see Jesus manifested in your life. God wants to be revealed through the church. Oh, let that be our goal, our challenge today. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's find a place to pray.
They're going to see God working in you. Hallelujah. That's what this world needs. Let's all stand. Father, thank you again for your presence, for your help today. Thank you for revealing yourself to us in such an amazing way through your word, 
through your power, Lord, through your presence here today. Lord, I ask you to bless each one, each home, each family. Keep us safe, Lord. Bless the service tonight, God. And we just thank you for all you're doing, God. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.